Hello there, supply chain savants, tech trailblazers, and business buffs. Welcome back to another episode of Gains On, where we tug on the thread of the complex tapestry of supply chain management with a twist of wit and a touch of insight. I'm your friendly neighborhood podcast host, Joe Davis, ready to guide you through the labyrinth of logistics and tech trends. Today, we're diving into a topic that is as exciting as it is essential, automation in the supply chain. In this episode, we've got the privilege of once again picking the brain of Steve Arvis, Senior Director of Solutions Consulting at Gaines. Steve's going to shed light on how automation is more of a supporting cast member than the star of the show. Fine-tuning the cogs of the supply chain machine to let supply chain pros shine in their strategic roles. From the nitty-gritty of Gaines' approach to automation and forecasting and replenishment, to the sophisticated symphony of AI and machine learning, we're covering it all. We'll delve into building trust in automated systems, the art of managing by exception, and why dipping your toes incrementally into the automation pool might be the smartest move. So, whether you're a tech guru, a supply chain rookie, or somewhere in between, this episode is your golden ticket to understanding the nuanced dance between technology and human intuition in the world of supply chain management. So sit back, plug in, and let the insights flow. Welcome back to the show, Steve Arvis. Thanks for having me, Joe. So I wanted to talk to you today about automation. Um, I know that automation is something that Gaines does and, and does well. And you know, based on our last conversation, I know we touched on it a little bit about um, how you can use Gaines to automate processes so you're not having to do everything yourself. The discussion of automation always brings up one thing in everybody's mind, I think. Uh, when we talk about automation, people worried about, oh, you know, I'm getting going to get my job replaced by a robot or, you know, I'm going to be made redundant by technology. And I think that maybe that's a valid concern. Maybe it's not. I mean, we've seen a lot of automation, you know, take place uh, in our lifetimes, just, you know, kind of day to day. There's always the classic um, complaint that, you know, oh, the, there's self-checkout at the grocery stores, taking away jobs. And we've seen that that's not the case. So, Maybe you could help us kind of demystify, you know, how automation is used in supply chain and and how gains use uses automation specifically. Yeah, and and I, I'll definitely go into the gain specifics, but I'm not, I'm not going to be the first person to say this, but automation, especially right now, is it's really like a, an assistant to your day to day life. It's not trying to replace you as a decision maker. It's trying to help you make better decisions and mm -hmm. and assist you with some of the easier decisions that you don't need to waste your time on. And so in a tool like Gains, in Gains directly, a lot of our customers will find value in automating decisions around forecasting or stocking levels or replenishment decisions or input data reviews. All of those have different aspects that you can automate based on what the system has seen or what you know about your business such that uh, you don't need to get into the minutiae of every single line item that comes up for review. And so you can right. automate 90, 95% of your business and just flag that remaining five to 10% for user review to, to add the planner's expertise or the buyer's expertise into the actual plan itself, because that's something that you know, a robot's never going to be able to, to replicate. When it comes to automation in the supply chain, there are some tasks that you would want to automate, right? You could trust, uh, uh, auto, you know, trust to be automated. But then you've got to have human oversight, right? To make those, those difficult 
decisions, to make um, you know decisions that you really need to have a set of human eyes on. So what type of things do we see you know, are decisions that you can automate and leave on their own or decisions that you need to sort of monitor that automation. So like, I guess I've heard the term managing by exception. Is that, does that apply here? I think it does, Joe. Yeah. So, I mean, throughout gains, whether it's demand planning or inventory policy or, or replenishment planning, I, I think managing your supply chain in an exception based fashion is absolutely the goal of automation. And when I think about which decisions are the right ones to automate, there's typically a couple of characteristics that really lend themselves well to making an automated decision. So things that are uh, repeatable and very high volume. So things that it's the same decision being made every single day or every single week. And there's not much variance around that decision. So you're buying the same amount of stuff from the same vendor at the same time. Like at some point you can probably just automate that and go look at something that's more interesting. Or, and this, you, you could call that repetitive, you call it high volume, what have you. Sure. Um, sometimes you might also want to have time sensitive uh, decisions being made for you. So if a customer order comes in and the, the buyer or the planner is, is away from their desk for whatever reason, <laughs> taking a break, no, you have to be at your desk the whole time. Uh, that right. customer order comes in and it's a priority order. Sometimes you don't have the, the time to wait for eyes to go look at that. Like how, how can you automatically route that through your supply chain to the right location? And, and get the right inventory to that customer. And and sometimes, you know, it's going to be more of a time-sensitive driver of that decision. So, um, you know, high volume, repeatable, uh, time-sensitive, those are typically sorts of decisions that are going to be prime for automation. And I do want to caveat this whole discussion by saying that there, there are different, let's say, levels of maturity in automation too, where you don't need to do all everything all at once. Like you can take a, a step fashion in, in introducing automation into the business. So one one common approach that our customers will take is they might start with, let's say on the supply side, business rule-based automation. And so to your Amazon example, you're going to be reordering, like you're telling Amazon, I want to reorder this every couple of weeks. Right. And that's going to, and that's going to stay going until you manually change it or update that based on your consumption of that product. So that that's right. a very valid business rule to run. But the onus is still on the business user, the business owner to make to keep track of that rule and make sure it's still relevant. Right. When you grow more into AIML, that's where those business rules can be dynamic and the system can learn the patterns for you and actually start adjusting that based on everything it's considering, whether it's the demand plan or how the, the supply variability is trending. So rather than buying paper towels every four weeks, you might you might be spilling a lot of stuff and you might need to buy it every two weeks, and the system can learn that over time. Another example is uh, I, I got two. I have two kids in diapers right now, and mm. I could I could set the the size three Pampers on Amazon to reorder right. every four four weeks. But then, you know, as as the kids grow, you're going to go to size four and size five, and so theoretically, sure. a machine learning algorithm would be able to can learn that you have children that are growing at a certain rate <laughs> and then right. you have to change your consumption pattern to a different product and substitute in a different product rather than just buying the same one uh, every four weeks. So right. I, I, just an example about how you might be able to grow from a business rule based decision into the buzzword of AIML and, and having this uh, machine learn when you should be making the decision and how. Is eventually, you know, start out every day, you're helping them tie their shoes and getting dressed. And eventually they get to an age where you could just say, go get dressed and put your shoes on. 
and that sort of makes your life a little easier. It doesn't mean that there are, you know, it doesn't mean that there aren't going to be more challenges. It, you know, it takes away some of that responsibility instead of having you to go through that whole, you know, get dressed and 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 guiding them through that whole thing. They eventually learn to start doing that stuff themselves. So instead of like, here are the 19 steps you need to get dressed and get out of the house. You can now just say, get dressed and leave. And that's, I hate to compare children to robots. But yeah, that that's what I've that's what I've gleaned from this conversation is that our children are just children are robots. robots that yeah. are <laughs> machine learning algorithms that yes. learn over time. Right, but I mean, it is it is in a way. I mean, the machine is learning and kids are learning, right? And and you start <laughs> out with simple tasks. You know, you start out with such simple tasks, and then you you increase to you know once that they get that and that that seems to be going well, and you can trust them that you know that they're gonna have their clothes on when they leave the house. You can start trusting you know you can start trusting the algorithm to make those decisions for you you can start trusting your kid to get dressed on their own it sort of yeah. frees you up to do to focus on things that need more of your attention it's almost as if the intelligence is artificial yeah good point <laughs> yeah i think no back, back to trust though i think joe you yeah. bring up a good point about how there's a lot of trust in this automation as well because something that you've been doing your entire life, you're now entrusting to a system to make that decision for you or to at least help you with mm -hmm. it. And yeah, that's going to take time to adopt. And so it's not an easy transition. And so change management is definitely something that I think companies need to think about or, or us as individuals need to think about as we start introducing AIML or any sort of automation into our lives, because there is going to be that trust factor that has to be there inherently to to make it successful because if you don't trust the system you don't trust the decision it's making for you it's never going to work and you're always going to be second guessing it and that just defeats the whole purpose you might end up spending right. more time in your day to day than trying to free up time if you're just trying to con constantly validate and discredit the decision that's being made so right trust trust is imperative in the process of making this successful i think the credibility from success stories in the past with our excellent customers i think is it, it it's a good starting point but even so, any any new customers probably going to want to take their own trust journey or trust fall with gains, and and that's okay. And I think it's definitely a maturity journey or or just growing over time, where you might start with no automation whatsoever, and then right. by the end of Q one or Q two, whatever, you might maybe you do ten percent of this decision is automated. Then you grow to twenty five percent, then fifty percent, and you may never get to one hundred percent, and that's expected. But right. You can grow over time and evolve over time as you get more comfortable with the system and how it's thinking about your supply chain. Again, we're talking about children and robots again. You know, that that sort of um, crawl, walk, run approach. Mm -hmm. You say you come in and you say, here's some easy decisions that I'm going to trust automation to make. And if they don't screw that up, I'll give them a little something more to to look at. And then eventually you're able to hand more and more things over because you have built, you know, like you said, that trust in the system that you're not going to end up in a sorcerer's apprentice kind of situation, right? Where the brooms and the buckets just keep, you know, <laughs> right, right, filling up and, and then all of a sudden you're, you're drowning. Uh, and I think that's a, I think that's an excellent point that, you know, again, you don't have to run in on day one, turn your entire operation over to, to automation. Yeah. And I think that is one thing that differentiates GAINS itself as an organization is that we're not trying to to push a complete revamp or the, the, the buzzword is digital transformation of all of your processes right at once. Like we want to make sure that you're successful in what you need the system to do for you. And once 
you trust the system once you've proven value in the system. There, there's more to be had, but let's do that in a pragmatic fashion rather than trying to do it all at once. So I've heard the term incrementalism used frequently to, to in, in supply chain, right? And sort of adapting to a new technology in the business and in, in supply chain specifically. Is that what we're talking about here? Sort of, you know, by making these moves in small increments? Yeah, I, I think that's right. We would a absolutely advocate an incremental approach for for uh, for automation. To your point earlier, if you try to automate all at once, you might absolutely bite, bite enough more than you can chew. And if you do something wrong, then you're impacting the entire business versus if you try to take that incremental approach, you prove it out in a small use case, and then you move, move on to the next one and move on to the next one and just get some quick wins each time, proving out the value. And then again, going back to that trust idea, gaining the trust and then expanding the use of it over time. Right. Okay. Yeah. That makes that makes sense. And I mean, it's, incrementalism to me sort of seems like how most things are done, right? Um you know, I, every once in a while, there's somebody who decides like, you know what, I'm going to be a snowboarder. And so they go to REI and they buy everything <laughs> that they can that has to do with snowboards. They get up there on the, uh, they get out there on the slopes and then all of a sudden they realize, oh, wait, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. So it, 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 it may, would make sense to go and rent a snowboard and go on the bunny hill and sort of get your feeling in that. And then, you know, gradually either add more specialized equipment as it's needed once you kind of figure out what you need and how that how that's going to work for you. Um, and then, you know, once you feel more comfortable with the equipment that you're using, go up to greater slopes and take bigger risks because you know that the fact the risks aren't that much bigger because you now have the sort of wherewithal or the knowledge to, to navigate those risks more easily than you would be just to, you know, throw on all your stuff and go to the top of the mountain and hope for the best. Right. For sure. For sure. Yeah. That was a, a beautiful analogy. Well, I think, <laughs> I think having, yeah, having that foundation of trust and, and belief and ability is really critical to, to the expansion of, of the use in this case of automation. And we kind of saw this during the pandemic where folks were using automation to make decisions, but they weren't going in and changing the algorithms at all. And so they just abandoned them altogether because you know there was it was unprecedented the automatic systems that they were using to for forecasting and everything else didn't know how to deal with this data because we'd never seen anything like it and so they just gave up on it um and so instead of going in and re-educating uh you know the machine learning helping the machine learn just sort of abandoning it and starting over from scratch which to me sounds like throwing the baby out with the bathwater yeah, and, and I think we've seen that a little bit with some of the customers that we've we've brought on board since COVID started. So we were we heard some stories from them about uh, an incumbent tools, be it ERP systems or other other basic planning tools. They were basically you know COVID hit and the tools were not reactive enough, and right. they were using outdated information. And all of a sudden, they're back in Excel doing their planning manually, <laughs> and they lose the trust of the system that they had potentially signed up to use and spent a lot of money on and blindly trusting the automation then and not keeping track of it is uh, is critical because if you're using outdated information you're going to make uh incorrect decisions as you move forward right garbage in garbage out right absolutely yep <laughs> one last comment i'd make is is one thing I'd, I'd urge companies that are trying to automate to think about is what's the cost of a wrong decision and mm -hmm. 
if I'm thinking about uh, automating my purchasing, let's say, the cost of buying something I don't need is I'm tying up cash and inventory and holding more inventory costs. And the cost of not buying something that I need and ignoring the decision is uh, potentially uh, a stock out or a lost sale or an expedite, something like that. And so as as you're evaluating how much you want to automate and what decisions, I think it's really important to evaluate how wrong the machine is or the decision is and what's the implication of that decision and trying to think about that in a cost-based fashion, not just saying, oh, I was wrong, but I, I was right 99% of the time. So uh, that's great. But maybe the 1% of the time that I was wrong is extremely expensive. And right. so- Maybe maybe using uh, an algorithm to auto plan that is not the right decision, or maybe you need to raise the threshold to a ninety nine point nine percent chance of of correct decision. I'm making those numbers up, but nonetheless, I think it's really imperative to to put some weight behind the decision that you're trying to automate and and think about it from a cost perspective, not just a, a time perspective. All right. Well, gosh, this uh, we we covered a lot here today. Um, I just want to thank you once again for coming on the show and talking about automation. I know I learned a lot and hopefully our, our listeners did learn a lot as well. Well, thanks again for having me, Joe. This was a lot of fun and hopefully you'll, you'll bring me back on again if I'm uh, invited again. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Steve. Thank you, Joe. And just like that, we've come to the end of our automation odyssey. A huge shout out to Steve Arvis for joining us today and sharing his invaluable insights on automation in the supply chain. It's been a revelation to understand how automation acts in a supporting role, letting human expertise take the lead in strategic decisions. We hope that this episode has highlighted the delicate balance of technology and the human touch needed in your supply chain processes and why a gradual trust building approach towards automation could be your key to success. Remember, in the world of supply chain management, it's not about replacing people, it's about empowering them. With tools like GAINS, you're not just automating tasks, you're augmenting your capabilities to soar to new heights. So thank you for tuning in to GAINS On. Don't forget to check out our blog for a deeper dive into today's discussion. Keep innovating, keep strategizing, and remember, in the fast evolving landscape of supply chains and technology, we're all in this together. I'm Joe Davis signing off. Stay tuned for more insightful episodes that blend the artist supply chain with the power of technology and keep those gears turning. Until next time. Want to stay connected with all things gains and continue to explore the exhilarating world of supply chain planning and design? Then don't forget to follow Gains on LinkedIn, where you can be part of our growing and vibrant professional community. And for more content, engaging posts and updates, don't forget to like and subscribe to Gains On on YouTube. Trust us, you won't want to miss what we're sharing. If today's podcast episode left you hungry for even more insights, we've got you covered. Every episode of Gains On is accompanied by a detailed blog post for those who wish to dive deeper into the topic. Whether you're looking to expand your knowledge or find that special morsel of information, our blogs are designed with you in mind. Visit gainsystems.com for more. All the links you need can be found in the description below. Thanks once again for tuning into Gains On. And remember, we're here to help you decode the world of supply chains one episode at a time. <laughs>